Rural Health Voice, Episode 92, Strong ACC. Welcome to the Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. What's an accountable care community? Mark Cruz of Strong ACC joined me to discuss their commitment to the next generation. Well, welcome, Mark. Great to be with you, Beth. Uh, we're so glad to have you here. It's good to talk to you. You know, we haven't talked in a long while, so this is a good chance to catch up. It is. It is. It's been too long, but I'm happy that we're connecting now. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's talk about some of that history. How did you first become interested in health and health care? Wow, that takes us a, a good ways back. Uh, I actually began my career in church work. I went to the seminary, earned a Master of Divinity degree, and spent seven years in pastoral ministry over a couple of churches. During that time, found that one of my greatest joys and, and really my calling was community ministries, actually helping the church get outside the four walls and into the community to make a difference um, in people's lives. And so that was what energized me. That's where I felt I was able to use my gifts. And so I transitioned from that part of my career into healthcare and human services for vulnerable populations. And I've, that's where I've spent the last 32 years. And I would say that an important inflection point in that journey was when I began to work in the free and charitable care sector in Virginia and was executive of a free clinic in Christiansburg, free clinic of the New River Valley, which has since converted into an FQHC and is now Community Health Center of the New River Valley and is doing great work really kind of cut my teeth on healthcare in the free clinic sector and went on to become the director of the Virginia Association of Free Clinics for nine years and, and even continued doing some other things within the sector after that. So my interest in healthcare came somewhat by happenstance, uh, just in terms of uh, job opportunities, but uh, it, it's where I found a home and it's where I continue to live today. And and, and rural health especially has been a prominent part of my journey throughout those years, and I'm very proud of that and always uh, seeking to learn new things about what's happening in rural health. And as part of that, you are now the director of the Strong Accountable Care Community, or Strong ACC. What is an accountable care community? If you Google on accountable health communities, it shows up in the literature under CMS as a model whereby a community arranges for a purposeful, intentional linking of health care and social care to achieve population health outcomes that are positive, but, but also to reduce costs. And, and so... Uh, the Strong ACC began very much as one of those. It took on the term accountable care community, but it is the same as accountable health community. And in those early days, one of the early victories that we had was to adopt what we called our No Wrong Door initiative, 
which was to create a region where no person who had need for assistance for themselves or their families would ever have to go through a wrong door, that somebody inside that door would be able to help them. And so the only rational way that that could be accomplished was by equipping that person inside the door with a robust technology that would enable them to connect that person in need with assistance. And so out of that initiative, we developed a partnership with Unite Us, and many of the listeners to this podcast will, I'm sure, be aware of Unite Us since it has been implemented broadly across the Commonwealth. But Unite Us is a tremendous, robust tool for creating a linkage between healthcare and social care and really creating a coordinated system of care that works for people in need and especially the organizations that are trying to support and serve people in need. And so we uh, have worked with the Unite Us team in both Southwest Virginia and Northeast Tennessee to expand the, the network of Unite Us partners and help train representatives within those partner organizations to be able to maximize the use of the platform to connect people in need with with help. And and so that was uh, an early part of the strong ACC's journey that continues to be important today. And we're very pleased with that partnership and continue to try and work to grow it every day. And when you say community, who do you consider to be part of the strong ACC community? It's interesting you should ask now because we've just approved an expansion of our footprint. Our leadership council met this month and, and decided to include the counties of Bland and Carroll in Virginia and the city of Galax in our Southwest Virginia footprint which included the 11 southern southwesternmost counties in in Virginia as well as the cities of Bristol and Norton. So now we're up to 13 counties and three independent cities in Virginia and then 10 counties in northeastern Tennessee. And uh, that comprises the region that we want to impact. It is daunting some days uh, to, to think about working across that large of an area, but, but we also realize that we can grow and flourish as a region if we take the right steps and work together. We can advance uh, the health and well-being of this region across the state line in a way that uh, helps people in Grundy just as much as it helps people in Newport, Tennessee, and and everywhere in between. I've always thought that accountable care community was an interesting term. When you say accountable, strong ACC is accountable to who? The quick and short answer is to the region and to the people who live and work in this region, which number uh, over a million people. We are owned by, driven by, governed by, and overseen by the community, the region. And that governance is manifested through our 24-member leadership council, which is comprised of 12 Virginians and 12 Tennesseans. 
uh, who who govern and guide and steer the work of the strong ACC. I report to and I'm accountable to them, uh, and it's a tremendous group of people. I, I've worked for, for boards and governing bodies for much of my career, and and I can't say enough about how much I appreciate this talented group of individuals. We recently elected new officers because the previous officers' terms were coming to an end, and our new chair is Dr. Dennis Carter, superintendent of Smith County Public Schools, and uh, Dennis is just a tremendous leader in, in his own right, has done great work in Smith, and we're very fortunate to have him at the helm of our leadership council. So so we are, we are accountable to the, the, the very region that, in which we operate. We're an independent, multi-sector coalition. Uh, we enjoy backbone support from two organizations that have been with us from the beginning, the United Way of Southwest Virginia and Ballad Health, and they have been instrumental in the growth and development of the Strong ACC and providing the wherewithal for us to even have the Strong ACC. But we are ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, working for the community and governed by the, the community, and that's where we find our greatest strength. You mentioned Dr. Carter, and I was looking at the website, and Strong ACC has a leadership council that's made up of a, a wide variety of folks, not just representatives from healthcare entities, but folks like Dr. Carter, who are from public schools, YMCA, even grocery stores. Why are all of those voices important? Well, they're all important because it, it takes all of us to affect change, uh, especially wide-ranging community and social change. No one institution, no one sector, no one organization can do it all. It takes all of us. And so we uh, take pride in having partners from a variety of different sectors and, and, and having those folks, those sectors represented on the leadership council. It is true while healthcare and social care and behavioral health and public health, higher education are all very, very important, K through 12, it takes much more than, than just those institutions to make a difference. Uh, we need the employer community, the business community at the table. We need economic development and community development organizations at the table. We need the faith community at the table. We need arts and cultural organizations at the table. And so our coalition contains now over 360 different partner organizations. And you can see the list of those organizations at our website at strongacc.org. And you will find, uh, indeed, a varied, uh, widely varying, uh, diverse group of organizations. And, and we appreciate all of their support. And when we look at the wide scope of organizations, and you talked about making a difference, how are you measuring a success? What does making a difference really mean? First of all, being clear about what it is that we want to accomplish, and, and then bringing organizations together, again, from across sectors, to get them to work in concert with each other, uh, to learn best practices together, to identify and pursue partnerships where it makes sense, 
to review and analyze data uh, on an ongoing basis to measure performance, to own the, the problem that they're trying to fix. And when things aren't quite uh, reaching their potential to, to troubleshoot and problem solve and figure out what else needs to be done to address the need or the problem. So we are, as many collective impact organizations are a key driver of planning, bringing together different groups uh, and, and organizations to identify needs and to develop plans to meet those needs. So we just went through a strategic refresh, as we call it, last year that took pl- place over the most of the last calendar year that resulted in an updated mission statement and vision statement, as well as six specific goals that uh, together are designed to help create the conditions and the factors that will lead to the next generation's success. So STRONG is actually an acronym that stands for Striving Toward Resilience and Opportunity for the Next Generation. And that perhaps describes as well as anything what it is that we're trying to do. Uh, We want that next generation to have every chance to succeed. We want them to reach their full potential. We have a preferential kind of focus on low-income children, youth, and families because poverty remains uh, the single greatest driver or determinant of undesirable life outcomes. And if we can address poverty and help families move uh, from low income to moderate or middle income and become economically independent, we will go a long way towards creating a healthier population that can then raise families and children that can flourish. So our mission and vision statements were updated. We envision a region where people and communities are connected, valued, and engaged, and everyone is healthy and thriving. Our motto is together we are strong. And so that goes back to the point I was making earlier that that we have this diverse coalition because it's going to take all of us to make it possible for us to have the kind of region that we want that is a place of health and well-being and where people are engaged and thriving. So we went through that process last year and in order to bring about that next generation that would thrive and prosper, we, we recognize that if we wait until those young people are young adults uh, to intervene, it's, it's way too late. The time to start is from the time that they're born. In fact, from before they were born. And so we adopted six goals that take us through all the way from birth outcomes to early post-secondary economic independence that touch the lives of children and young people and their families throughout and create supports and services and interventions that enable those children and young people to 
have not only social and emotional learning, but educational success, and ultimately to reach the, the time of 25 years old when they are financially independent. And as they are beginning to think about starting families of their own, they're doing so from a position of strength and stability. There's a, a wealth of data that indicates that income and wealth are the greatest predictors of health and life expectancy. So if we want to change the course of the next generation, our, our ultimate goal has to be to help that next generation become economically independent as soon as possible. We believe the age to aim for that is 25. And so our six goals are organized to lead to that point in time. And we view that as kind of our North Star. And I'll be happy to share more about those six goals, but that's that's our strategic agenda in a nutshell. Well, great. Let's do a quick overview of the six goals. Yes. Yeah, so the first goal we call great beginnings. And by this, we mean helping children get off to a, a, a running start in life, especially in the first three years when studies show that 80% of the brain is developed. And so during that period of time, we want to remove as much toxic stress as we can. We want children to have positive childhood experiences as opposed to adverse childhood experiences. We want to provide parents and caregivers the tools to be their child's first teacher, to create stable nurturing environments, uh, so that children can get off to a great start in life. That's that's goal number one. Goal number two, we call thriving at five. And that is all the activities that occur in the home as well as in the community, in child care centers and preschool programs and other places where children are uh, served and supported to help them become not only academically ready, but also socially and emotionally ready for a formal educational setting, i.e. school at five with kindergarten, thriving at five. Uh, Some call it school readiness. That's a fine term. We prefer thriving at five because school is just part of a child's life at five. and, And we want to think about it holistically. Goal number three is what we call early grade success. And this really hones in on third grade reading and math proficiency, which I know many listeners have heard a lot about. It is, uh, studies show, a strong predictor of later academic success as well as lifelong earnings. And so we want children to be proficient in math and reading at third grade If we wait until then to intervene, especially for those students who may be falling behind, it's too late in in our mind. Uh, We've missed an opportunity, and it really begins at the start of a child's life. And all of those years through age eight, when we can be providing all kinds of experiences and supports to to children, young children, to enable them to to be able to read and perform math capably at, at third grade. And then moving on to the goal four, we call that supported and connected youth. 
we want uh, middle and high schoolers to be proficient in life skills. We want them to be proficient in what some call soft skills. Others prefer the term essential skills that are necessary to be successful in the workplace. And perhaps most importantly, we want them to, to have their interests sparked in a career or maybe interest in several careers so that they begin to see themselves and their future and can begin to be on a trajectory and a path towards pursuing that career, that thing that really excites them at a very early age. And we have many great programs that are exposing young people to careers, the jobs that are here in the region today, as well as those that are emerging. And and so that's goal four. Goal five is what we call workforce-ready college-bound graduates. So seeing seniors in high school graduate either with a plan to attend a four-year college or able to go directly into the workplace, um, having been trained and equipped to to go into the workplace and, and to be able to earn uh, good wages with good benefits, or possibly to take the next step and go into another post-secondary training program, certificate program, or perhaps college, uh, community college or technical college to get additional training to enter the workplace to try to have that be the case for as many seniors in high school as possible. And then finally, goal six, which I mentioned earlier, is economically independent young adults, 25-year-olds that are earning good wages with benefits and who are socially connected to their communities and who are, as they begin to think about raising a family of their own, doing so from a position of relative strength and stability. So those are the six goals. Those cover the sort of the continuum of cradle to career, as it's called. We believe that all of those steps along the way are essential to helping position the next generation for success. And so we are mobilizing organizations through the strong ACC to come together and work together to achieve those goals in a concerted way with the help of data always available to to help drive decision-making and ultimately to hold ourselves accountable for uh, the work that unfolds and for the results that occur, Uh, which goes back to that accountable term in our, our name uh, we we hold ourselves accountable to the region for success. And, and so that's a tall order uh, f- for us and our 360 partner organizations, but that's what we've bought into and um, that's what people here in the region are embracing. Your website has a get involved section where you ask people to get involved in the strong ACC mission. What are exactly are you asking folks to do? Are you looking for them to get involved as individuals or representatives of their organizations? Our partners are organizations. It's a fairly easy and straightforward process to become a partner. There's a a partner agreement that we ask organizations to sign. There's no cost to join. There are no membership dues to remain a member. We simply ask that partners buy into this, what's called the common agenda and the goals that we're trying to accomplish, and then to utilize their own organization's resources and assets to align with the strategies and activities that are 
being pursued uh, to achieve those goals in as much as they can in a way that makes sense to them. And so that is the expectation for our partners. And then within those organizations, any anyone within those organizations uh, can also be included in the work. We I like to include as many of them as possible on our contact list to keep them aware of uh, the work that's happening and to receive meeting notices and announcements and things of that nature. So helping our partners align with the common agenda and the six goals is the most important thing uh, that we can do because then we're tapping into the power of collective impact. I mentioned before about how our motto is together we are strong. We're, we are strong because we are working together to address some of the most challenging health and social issues of our time. And only by working together can we be successful. So helping 360 organizations, all from different sectors, public, private, nonprofit, from education to healthcare to social care to K through 12, higher ed, social service, the faith community, helping these different organizations identify where their organization can most effectively align their activity and actions with our common agenda is is our single greatest challenge and opportunity and to the to the extent that we can be effective in that will be how much we can succeed as a region from all of the early signs the outlook is bright we have organizations that want to do that that are doing that and are that are committed to doing that for the long haul we're not going to see overnight changes in any of these goals, goal areas, it's going to take time. It is longitudinal work for sure. And so organizations need to have that kind of long-term investment mentality and realize that we need to be in this together and we need to be in it for the long haul and stay committed and stay the course. And so far, I'm very pleased with what I see happening and I'm pretty bullish about what can be accomplished if we continue to do this. What else do our listeners need to know about Strong ACC? Well, I mentioned about our backbone partners. The United Way of Southwest Virginia and Ballot Health have have provided a great deal of knowledge, of support, resources, uh, really the wherewithal for us to operate the Strong ACC. So I think it's important to recognize their contribution. Without them, I don't know that the strong ACC would be where it is today. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to them. I also want to share uh, that I have a great team working with me. We now have four full-time employees and we're adding more. Uh, we're hiring additional folks and uh, the team is talented and committed uh, to the work, and I'm very fortunate to have them working alongside me every day. It's challenging work. It's hard work. There are days when we wonder, are we ever going to see the results, the fruits of our labors? And then uh, something will happen that gives us a glimpse of that potential, and uh, it just re-energizes us and 
makes us want to go forward. So very indebted to having a great team and, and the ability to support that team. We, first and foremost, want to say how much we appreciate uh, being able to do this work in Southwest Virginia and Northeast Tennessee. I'm a product, product of Southwest Virginia myself, born and raised in the city of Radford. My ancestors on both sides of my family are from Carroll County and Patrick County. I, I understand mountain people and our culture and the things that we hold dear and dear here in the region. And I just want to say how much it is an honor uh, for me to be able to support the continued development and advancement of our region. And most of all, see people grow and prosper in this region that we all love and, and hold near and dear. And last question, question I ask all my guests, if you could do anything, what would you do to improve health and healthcare in rural America? Well, I may sound a bit biased, but I would love to see people in rural America adopt a long-term approach to really helping establish the conditions for people to be successful, starting at the very earliest stage of life, from birth, from even before birth, when we can make the greatest difference in a person's life. The earlier we begin, the better the payoff is. So we as a society, if we invest more in early childhood development, early care and education, we will see the results of that work downstream payoff in terms of a reduction in any number of undesirable life outcomes, as well as seeing families be prosperous and be healthy and well. So I would say the greatest thing that we could do in rural America would be to make that investment, a greater investment in early childhood development, making sure that we have enough child care centers to support the need uh, for parents and caregivers who are working. And child care centers just don't exist to care for children while their parents work, but they exist as places where children can learn and grow and develop, which is important on its own merit. And many other things, making it possible for parents to more affordably pay for child care and preschool, providing a range of experiences for children young children, especially in the preschool years, to, to, to grow and develop in the community and through uh, different things that occur that uh, cities and counties can make possible, along with others. Creating environments for them to, to flourish is, are all things that we can and should do for the sake of our rural communities that will in, involve not only the public sector investments, but also private sector investments and finally nonprofits' continued commitment to supporting the needs of young children and their families. So that would be my prescription for what can make the greatest difference in, in our rural communities. Sounds like a great plan to me. Thank you, Mark. We so much appreciate having you on today. Thank you, Beth. That's Mark Cruz advocating for a long-term approach to healthy living. 
If you want to be part of the conversation about rural health, plan ahead and attend the Rural Health Voice Conference. The 2023 event will be held November 15 and 16 in Blacksburg. Keep an eye on our website and Facebook group for the details. Because every moment matters. Getting your updated COVID vaccine matters too. Don't let COVID get in your way of the things you love to do. An updated vaccine gives you better protection against severe illness. Grandma, let's go. Find updated COVID vaccines at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. 